Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Truth About Trucking, live, hosted by Alan Smith, a 30-year OTR veteran, business entrepreneur, and motor carrier transportation consultant, specializing in assisting students and new drivers, and pushing forward to raise the standards of the trucking industry. And now, live from beautiful Citrus County, Florida, here's your host, Alan Smith. It is now hotter in my home state of Oklahoma than it is right here in Florida. 110 to 111 degrees in western Oklahoma. And it was 94 here in Florida. Climbing so, mean, what is up with that? 106 degrees in Grand Rapids, North Dakota. Triple digits from Texas to Illinois. All across the Midwest. Heat index is rising higher than the Sunshine State. So Mother Nature doing her thing. Hope you are beating the heat wherever you are. Welcome back to the show. Today is Thursday, July 21st, 2011. I'm Alan Smith, and this is Truth About Trucking Live on Block Talk Radio. Our number here is 347-826-9170 if you'd like to be a part of the program. And I'm joined by my trusty sidekick, Donna. And uh, you, did, you didn't know you were my trusty sidekick, I, huh? I heard that. I heard it. <laughs> kind of like, uh, what, Lone Ranger and Tonto? Something like that, or Ed McMahon with Johnny Carson. That's what I think of. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. That's a little bit more updated, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah, I love that show. Boy, I miss that Johnny Carson. Oh, yeah, he was a great one. But, no, I don't mind being called that. Yeah, well, you're my trusty sidekick, so... Uh, here we are. We're back on the air, and uh, what what announcements do you have for us this evening? What's going on out there? Well, I really wanted to um, really tell everybody we're very excited about our two new sponsors um, for the uh, 2011 Truck Driver Convention. Uh, the first one is our gold sponsor, and it's Hajian. They're an award-winning manufacturer and distributor of energy-efficient products. Uh, they're the home of the um, Dynasty's APU system, and uh, they're, they offer guaranteed APU financing for everyone. So um, we're really happy to have them on board. Um, we've spoken to them for quite a while, and boy, do they care about drivers. So that's, um, we're really grateful for them. And our other uh, sponsor is the Zeta Corporation, and they also care about drivers. All of our sponsors have a, um, a, a deep appreciation for the professional driver. And uh, they were uh, had a thing for Jason's Law on their Facebook site that everybody who likes the page, they donate $2 to Jason's Law. So they're our uh, bronze sponsor. They're a fleet management, EOBR, and CSA compliance software system. So welcome aboard. Um, I also wanted to say that uh, we haven't announced this in a while, but if you do have an iPhone, we have the Trucker iPhone app, and you just go to your iTunes store and type in Trucker. Um, Also, we have the Truth About Trucking website. Uh, We noticed we're getting a lot of emails from um, new 
drivers or student people looking to be students. So um, if you're listening tonight, you just go right to the truthabouttrucking.com website, and that's for all the new drivers and CDL students. Um, we want to welcome Pete Kleckner, who is going to be the interpreter at the 2011 Truck Driver Convention. Um, we have a few um, deaf and hard of hearing drivers who are attending the convention, and uh, Pete has graciously um, offered to interpret during this event. He's coming with his um, with his hearing dog, Snickers. So uh, we thank him. <laughs> I love that name. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and he, we have his picture up on the website. Also, just go to the speakers um, page. We also added John Osborne. Um, I don't know if anybody's looked at it lately, but John's with the Merv, and he'll be speaking about trucking, a trucker's health. So he's a new addition to the speaker lineup. Um, I want to thank um, everybody who we uh, – Alan put a really quick post up uh, about bumper stickers. I, I can't remember exactly what you had said, but it was about bumper stickers. And before you know it – um, his email box was flooded with drivers offering to, uh, you know, just mail them the bumper stickers for the convention and that they would give them out. And I, I just want to, I wish I could thank each and every one of you individually, but it would take me, you know, it's a pretty long list of people. So uh, they went out yesterday and uh, you should be, they should be arriving and we appreciate uh, you doing that. Um, also, you know, we continue to tell people, you know, to call your congressman about Jason's law and also uh, about the Mexican cross-border trucking, you know, uh, if you're for it, well, I guess you could tell them that. Uh, but uh, if you're not, we really hope you tell them that. Uh, so anyway, um, keep up with um, all the all the things that we need to keep up on, Jason's law, cross-border uh, cross trucking. And also, we continue to support uh, truckers against trafficking. Um, they'll be uh, uh, at the convention also. They're going to have a booth, and uh, Kyla, uh, she's going to be there with all her materials, and uh, she'll probably have a few words to say to everyone. So let me just tell you about the convention. I'll try to make it quick because I know Jamie's on the line waiting. Um, the only event to honor Unite and give voice to the professional CDL driver. Okay, that's the first annual Truck Driver Social Media Convention. It's going to be on Saturday, October 15th, 2011. Uh, we're going to have speakers and open discussion and presentations uh, for, for drivers, uh, government regulations, truckers' rights, owner-operator business success, trucking careers, truck driver health, and social media, spreading the word virally. Um, Austin Walsh is the social media speaker. We haven't said too much about him, but um, this guy is absolutely amazing. Um, anybody who knows him, uh, he, he's, he gives quite a presentation. And we've um, asked him, because oh, a lot of people have said, well, they have blogs. They don't know how to monetize. We're driving. We're trying to make extra money. So we asked him if he would speak about that, and, um, and he will. He's going to help people monetize uh, their websites. So that's that's a good thing. Um, I do want to just talk to you a little bit about uh, some of the events. Um, first of all, the speakers. You know we're having Paul Taylor of Trucker's Justice Center, 
Eddie Gachui of Trip Street Central. And no, she. Yeah. <laughs> I get that messed up. I'm sorry, Eddie, if you're listening. <laughs> but um, TripSheetCentral.com. And uh, Eddie was a software engineer who decided to go OTR, and he analyzes uh, owner-operators' needs and to make their business successful. We have James McCormick of Trucker Trucking Careers of America, Richard Wilson of Trans Products. Uh, Austin Walsh is our social media. We have Truckers Track, Doug Jones, Johnny Neal, Jan McCarter, Kyla Lieberg from Truckers Against Trafficking, Hope Rivenberg. Hope uh, won the uh, Make a Difference Award online, and she'll be receiving her award um, presented by the Load Post, which is a Florida vacation. So congratulations, Hope. Uh, she went the extra mile, and she still is going that extra mile uh, to pass Jason's law. Um, uh, our sponsors quickly is the platinum is Dancing Skeleton Productions, the gold is Hajian, Silver, Pilot, uh, Flying J, Air Dock, and Safety First Sleep Solutions. Our bronze are Idle Air, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing, the Load Post, let me get the uh, Hotels for Truckers, Truckers Forum, Trans Products, and Trans Services. Trucker to Trucker, OIDA, and uh, Zeta Corporation. So um, we want to just thank everybody for all their support. Thank, thank you, drivers, for signing up. Don't forget, you've got nine more days to, to sign up for the convention, and uh, don't miss out. Just go to www.americantruckdrivers.com. Okay, Alan, that's it. That's it. All right. Well, let's see. Okay. Well, that um, where am I at here? I was listening to you and got all entangled in that. Uh, our uh, our show this evening is about the cross border trucking agreement that was uh, recently signed by the secretaries of transportation for the U.S. and Mexico uh, back on July 6th, and um, seems like uh, Ray LaHood kind of slipped down there where nobody was looking and got the deal done. Kind of caught everyone off guard, really, but it. But it didn't take long for voices to be raised, some praising it, others against it. Uh, within hours of the announcement that the U.S. and Mexico had uh, officially signed an agreement for a um, uh, new cross-border trucking program, OIDA, the Owner-Operator Independent Driver Association, uh, filed a petition with the U.S. Court of Appeals for the Washington, D.C. Circuit seeking to halt the program. So what, is, what does this new deal mean to U.S. truckers and what repercussions could it bring to the industry? So our special guest this evening is Jamie Jones, senior editor of Landline Magazine, uh, the official publication of OIDA. And she is a veteran journalist of over 20 years and has been reporting on the trucking industry for over a decade. And um, OIDA was uh, established in 1973, so for over 38 years now, they have been involved in truckers' rights and is currently over uh, 150,000 uh, members strong. So easy to find on the web at ooida.com. So what's the fuss all about? Our number is 347-826-9170. We're going to talk about it. Cross-border trucking agreement, NAFTA final chapter with our guest Jamie Jones of OIDA's Landline Magazine coming right up when we return. Be right, be right back. It's like pumping my money down an endless hole. What they gonna do when the big rigs don't roll? Tell me what they gonna do when the big rigs don't 
Hey drivers, Alan Smith here with Truth About Trucking Live. Imagine at the beginning of each week you could go to a website and find a week's worth of loads in advance starting from your home base, reloading your trailer after each delivery in the same city you just dropped off a load every time and carrying the final load back to your home base by Friday. And imagine having hundreds of options of trips just like this from which to choose and that all of the loads for each trip are displayed right in front of you with contact information so you can book them right then and there by sending an email with a click of a mouse or by calling by the phone. And imagine that just above each trip you know how many total miles the trip will be and how many of those miles you will have to drive empty and that the total number of miles is over 2,500, and that the deadhead miles are less than 100, and in many cases, even zero. And can you imagine that you could find up to 400 complete trips just like this, each with all of this information, in less than two minutes? Plan ahead and book your loads a week in advance before you even leave home base with a trip that will drastically reduce deadhead miles, increase fuel cost savings, and greatly minimize layovers. Sounds like a dream? Well, it's not. You can do this now by going to a new website, bestloadpost.com. And this is not just another load board. It's the newest technology and freight finding services for the owner-operator and motor carriers alike. Already have your loads pre-planned and booked, ready to go a week in advance. Bestloadpost.com. Check it out, bestloadpost.com. With the CSA and all the regulations facing drivers in the industry, it's never been more important to stay up on current regulations and more specifically, remain in constant compliance. Compliance for drivers and the industry has never been more crucial. Hey everybody, this is Alan Smith with Truth About Trucking Live and Trans Products and Trans Services are your full service transportation material compliance supply and regulatory service provider since 1957. Dedicated to servicing your needs, not emptying your wallet, it's hard enough in these tough economic times to have to spend money to meet regulatory requirements. But with trans products, trans service friendly, sound advice, quality products, and friendly personal attention, they will make you feel like you have a friend and colleague in the industry. From logbook auditing to driver qualification file management, fuel tax filing to UCR filings from on-site training, technical service, you name it, Trans services is like having an entire regulatory agency working just for you. And the what, when, why, and how to comply without total interruption of daily operations. So contact Trans Products or Trans Services and Night Leather for more information and a free catalog. Just give them a call, toll-free, 1-800-367-9100 or check them out on the web at transproducts.com and request more information about products and services. Highly recommended. They've been doing it for 19, since 1957. They are the experts, transproduct.com. Okay, and we're back just like I said we would be. And on the landline, 
With us is Jamie Jones. Jamie, welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us. You know, I really appreciate being invited on the show. Thank you. Well, the first time I ever got to speak with you. I know you and Donna are always chatting over there a little bit, so I'm really glad to have you here and get to speak with you a little bit. And and um, Donna, of course, is with us as well. Where are you at, Donna? I'm right here. You're right there? Okay. Well, uh, well, Jamie, look, you know, this new signed deal with Mexico, it, it didn't take long for OIDA to jump in there and fire back. Uh, let's just jump in here. What, what's going on here? What do you think? Well, you know, it just seems it, it's really sad because after the Bush administration, and just to give a little bit of history and perspective on this, when Mary Sino was the acting um, DOT secretary, uh, way back before the previous program She said there was going to be one And then they appointed Mary Peters And uh, Senator Mark Pryor asked her point blank Is there a plan to open the border to Mexican trucks And no, I, I, you know, I haven't been made aware of anything And two months later, lo and behold, there's the plan So we have a long history of misdirection And um I won't say outright lies, but it's definitely a lack of transparency. And with the Obama administration, things seem to have been moving in a better direction, and there was assurances that the plan would be published and there would be opportunity to comment. Uh, Yeah, that happened after Ray LaHood flew to Mexico, signed the deal, and was back in the air heading back home. So I don't know how much that cost the taxpayers just to ink the deal. But, you know, fact of the matter was the U.S. public was not given the opportunity to comment before the final deal was inked. And I think that in particular is uh, indicative of, I, I, I won't say diversionary tactics, but it, it just doesn't seem like we're being told the whole story. Well, was that legal? I mean, I, I've heard that it, it it wasn't even legal to do that without telling anybody. Or, um, I mean, who knew? Did Congress know? Uh, no, I know for a fact that Congress did not know, and I know there are some members of Congress that are very upset with that. Um, as far as legal implications, well, you know, I did pass the LSAT. I didn't pursue it. I wish I had. <laughs> um as far as legally, I, I can't answer to that, but uh, definitely in spirit of transparency and what the administration promised in this version of a cross-border trucking program, it flies in the face of their assurances to the American people. Yeah, so so much for that, so much for transparency. Yeah, good luck. Yeah. Well, you know, um, <clears throat> you just hear so many different things back and forth. I mean, there's so many... Uh, so many people for it. Uh, I guess if you look at organizations and things, uh, there's just a few against it. Not, I mean, that doesn't take into account the truck drivers themselves who are voicing their opinions about it. I mean, why? Um, why do you think all this secrecy? I mean, uh, why is there no transparency? I mean, it, you know. We've got so many people saying, hey, it's going to be good for the economy, it's going to build jobs, and then we have others like OIDA, you know, who, like I said, been fighting for truckers' rights for over 38 years. They're, you know, very against it. Um, I mean, what would be the logic, you think, that they would just, you know, try to push this thing through, just just to try to uh, um, appease Mexico? That's 
you know, and that is a loaded question because there's so many elements to it anymore. Um, really, you have to understand NAFTA started back when, unfortunately, <laughs> barely out of high school. Um, for whatever reason, we have pressed forward with this, and every step along the way, there has, if you if you divide it up into who's for and who's against, if this is a big business agenda, plain, pure, and simple. And um, to this point, you know, you would think with a Democratic administration in charge that you would not see a big business interest pulling the purse strings, but that's what's happened. Um, and it's not the purse strings of the American taxpayer and the American worker. It's the uh, purse strings of the American lawmakers. And while we have several lawmakers, and I don't want to lump them all in, we have several lawmakers. Um, in fact, you know, 411 of them did the right thing in the House last time and shut the last program down. Um, the bottom line is big business is pushing this agenda, and a lot of the reason why we're seeing this continue is because there's just not the moxie coming up in D.C. to do the one thing that we'll put an end to it forever. Well, you know, uh, you all brought up a minute ago about congressmen. You know, a lot of congressmen and women weren't happy with this. You know, that reminds me, Don, of, of Congressman Peter DeFazio out of Oregon, who who introduced to Congress this new bill, H.R. 2407. And really that bill came about really because of OIDA uh, filing that suit, didn't it? No, actually, those were kind of, um, if anybody had their Nikes on in D.C. the day this was announced, it was um, Congressman DeFazio's office and OIDA attorneys. So um, I think everybody knew that the DOT was definitely doing an end around. You know, D.C. is not known for keeping secrets well, so there was a lot of grumbling going on. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, fact of the matter is it had to happen. And as soon as it did and there was confirmation, Representative DeFazio's office sprung into action, filed the bill, and OIDA attorneys filed the lawsuit. Okay, well, I I would think um, uh, maybe a silly question, but, I mean, I I would assume you all are really hearing from uh, specifically owner-operators. I mean, tell us, what's the uh, atmosphere like out there with the uh, owner-operators out there that you're hearing from? Over this thing. Well, they're very supportive of the association's efforts to stop this program. Um, the association, along with other groups, um, highway safety groups, you know, who thought we'd ever align with them on anything? Never. You, know? Um, you know, I mean, seriously, it just, I think there's this real concern. It, 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 And it's not just a concern. It's not concern like, is my kid eating right? I mean, this is legitimate. You know, we're worried about highway safety. National security is added to the mix uh, exponentially since the last program. And we have to go back to the very real concern and truth that we now know that we can laugh about him all we want. He may be a character in life, but Ross Perot nailed it years ago when he said that giant sucking sound of U.S. jobs going to Mexico. Hello, it happened. It's still happening. You know, my hometown is completely eroded. This used to be a robust community. You know, it was 8,000 people, 10,000 that lived there, and we had a commuter population of 50,000 because of the industrial manufacturing base. 
and they employ less than 18,000 now. That's sad. That's a sad. Yeah. That's the reality. And trucking jobs are no more immune to it than, you know, somebody who was working on a manufacturing line making very good money and supporting families who are now struggling. I have friends who have gone back to school because they lost their jobs because of this. So. Well, you know, one of the things, and, and this is my take on it, that I'll read is all these jobs that are going to, you know, be popping up and uh, take, for instance, agriculture. First of all, um, uh, and you had said you had uh, listened to that show we had uh, a couple of months ago um, talking about NAFTA and the effects, but all these uh, jobs that supposedly, um, I don't have the the figures in front of me, 1.1 million agriculture jobs or something like that, um, <clears throat> that will, because the tariffs will be reduced or eliminated and it's going to create more jobs. But actually when the tariffs were on, it was better for Mexico because their farmers were actually selling more. Now what's going to happen, and, and this is just logical in my mind, what's gonna, where are they going to go? Well, they're going to go up here because – the, the American, a lot of Americans don't want those kind of jobs, and they're coming illegally. So the big argument of, well, you know, this is going to be great for Mexico and great for the United States, create more jobs. Who's getting those jobs? Is it Americans getting those jobs, or are we forcing forcing um, illegal immigration by starving the farmers in, in Mexico out? I mean, that's a question I ask myself. Who's getting those jobs? Well, and, Donna, I, I hate to jump in, but I've got to – let me just add a little bit of fuel to that fire. When – I mean, what is one of the Trump cards that's always played? The American farmer was hurt by these taxes. And the mental image that crops into everybody's mind is, you know, pitchfork. You know what I mean? Yep. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So it is not – that is not the face of the American farmer anymore. It's a conglomerate just like anything else. And I'm looking at this. The, the groups that are all in an uproar over these uh, tariffs, I've got to tell you, I laugh. I laugh when I read this. Um, who's this? This is the American Frozen Foods Board of Directors. Listen to these companies. Is, is this is this farmers? No, Kellogg, Little Lady right. Foods, Nestle Pizza, Clear Springs Foods, General Mills. Good grief! What does General Mills not make? Right. I, you right. Know, come on. These, These are, are not, corporations, this, and it has nothing to do. Um, Norman Rockwell doesn't enter this picture. <laughs> no. <I don't. laughs> <laughs> uh, let's grab a. Let's grab a caller here and get somebody else on here or some opinion here. Caller from, uh, let's see, South Carolina, area code 843. Go ahead. You're on the air. Uh, yes, sir. I was just wondering, is is this um, super corridor completely finished? You know, it's supposed to go from uh, Mexico City to Winnipeg, Canada. Uh, that's what we're talking oh, my about, correct? Oh, the super yeah, highway? I know what you're talking about. No, the superhighway, the NAFTA superhighway. And that is really, really funny because that is kind of, in a way, an urban, lex- uh, urban legend. Um, a lot of states have postured. Um, I don't know. I drove through Arkansas not too terribly long ago. 
on my way back from Florida. Yeah, I mean, I road trip like crazy with my kids. So we went to Florida, came back, and there were signs up, future corridor of the NASA superhighway. Okay, so Arkansas spending all this money proclaiming that they have it. I saw a similar sign in another state. The NASA super corridor on the federal level does not exist. States are posturing and trying to make that happen. Things that are more scary on that level that you need to be concerned about are um, Kansas City area, which I live there. And we have the smart port is what they call it. And they are actually working toward making it very accessible to rail and water without ever stopping at customs until you get to Kansas City, Missouri. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, Sorry, I'm uh, a lot of people are, are saying that the, the same corridor is uh, used by the, um, by the drug cartel. Have you heard that? <laughs> There's a lot well, of data on the drug cartel. So okay. the, the six in each direction, north and south, following the uh, present uh, approximate, you know, Highway 35, does that exist or not? That goes from, you know, Mexico City to Winnipeg, Canada, Canada with Kansas City being the uh, first stop. The hub, yes, there you go. You know what, the infrastructure's laid, it's there, it's just a matter of do they ever actually proclaim a NAFTA super corridor and it's a funded package? Probably not. I mean, that's just a, that's a misnomer. Quite honestly, our infrastructure is already in place and it's being built up to make just that happen. Okay. So, Boy, it seems like they've been building it up for a long time. Well, you got to figure that NAFTA started in, oh, you know what? Let's see. I'm looking at it. 1994. Yeah. That's when the negotiation of NASA started. So don't ever mistake the fact that this plan hasn't been in place for a very, very, very long time. Oh, sure. Okay. Okay, I know the ACA is supporting it hard and heavy. I'm sorry. So the uh, unrestricted access, is is there unrestricted access now between the United States and Mexico? I guess that's, that's the other question. No, 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 no. It, right now it's, um, you know, I, I say no. Legally, Mexican motor carriers are allowed to operate in border zones. Um, that's not to say that there isn't border zone carriers who operate past that. Also, there was an open border years ago, and we do have grandfathered in motor carriers who are allowed to operate through the United States legally at this point. Okay. Did that uh, answer your question, caller? Uh, I believe so. Thank you. To, what? Thank nice. You. Okay. Fire back. I <laughs> yeah, you got some more? Go at it. Well, you know, the the whole intention of this uh, NAFTA, um, I believe, is to create um, an eventual North American Union, uh, mm-hmm. which integrates... Mexico, the United States, what's now the United States, and, and Canada into one entity called the North American Union, which, um, you know, is is, uh, is where I believe we're going, and that's why we're, we're seeing so much um, talk from Washington about, uh, you know, less national 
pride and, and you know, like the American flag, you know, they're restricting right. flying the American flag, you know, you aren't supposed to have anything, you know, patriotic or anything like that. Right. And, and this is all toward a North American Union, in my opinion, you know, the, as I see it. And, you know, this North American Free Trade Agreement with the access now is just a, a, a major step toward that eventual integration. So, Can I flip it back think? on the collar for just a second? And who do you think sure. is behind all that? I believe who do you the, think uh, really wants it? I believe the United Nations is behind it. Um, the the intent of the United Nations at this point right now is to eventually create a one world government. And uh, you know, this is all part of that. You know, they have Agenda 21, sustainable development uh, that's integrated into our curriculum right now. Uh, there's there's going to be a, a major shift in um, how we do business and how America, uh, what it is, what it means to be an American uh, in the near future, and that's where well, that's where we're going. I think you're right. I really do. And you know, I'm I cannot believe I'm getting ready to channel my father, and I so wish he was listening. But um, how's our relationship with China working out? Uh, I've had to throw away toys that my kids have with lead paint. I've had to um, throw away I don't know how many different things because it's unsafe. We cannot trust other countries to have the same standards. And circling back to Mexico right now, um, especially on the produce angle, let's let's go there because agriculture seems to be the big one. Wanting it. They, want, they want this. They want this. So let's attack agriculture real quick. There are pesticides that are banned in the U.S. because they are known carcinogens. They cause cancer. And instead of banning the manufacturer of them, they have banned distribution of them in the U.S. So where do they go? They go to Mexico. So the lettuce and all the cheap produce that we're supposed to be getting from Mexico is not happening. But the other thing is what we are going to get is loaded up with the carcinogens that our own government says we should not be ingesting. So well, this global economy theory is not working because everybody's not playing on the same level field of regulation. Well, when you get into the um, the food production uh, part of it, uh, you really get into a bag of worms because uh, Monsanto Corporation uh, has Hello. been allowed to genetically engineer life, and they've been allowed to basically create a monopoly on the production oh, yeah. of food. <laughs> yeah, I've, uh... we broke up Standard Oil a long time ago. We broke up AT and T because they were a monopoly. But we've we sat here and allowed our our one of our primary. Uh, Things for existence, food, uh, to be monop monopolized by uh, Monsanto, and these genetically engineered uh, varieties of seeds and stuff like that that they're uh, creating are not even tested. And you have transgenic um, manipulation that's being uh, 
produced in, in wild varieties of plants as, you know, cross-pollination occurs, you know, with these genetically engineered plants. Yeah. You know, they have yeah, I, I've made a I've made a let me jump in here. I've got a uh I've made a couple of posts about Monsanto, but I don't want to get too far off the subject here, but I'll leave your line open. I think uh, Rich Wilson, he's a uh, regulatory expert at transproducts.com. I think he's on the line with us. Rich, is that you? Yes, it is. Hey. Hi, Rich. Hey, Jamie, we finally hooked up. <laughs> we did. We'll talk tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, how you doing? Yeah, well, let's get, I I don't want to get too far off the subject here. I've 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 even uh, made a couple articles about Monsanto and all that stuff. And uh, caller, you're still alive here if you want to hang with us. But let's get back on the subject of the trucking industry and this uh, NAFTA deal. What do you think? Uh, what do you think about what you've been hearing about uh, specifically the, the superhighway and all that kind of stuff, Rich? Well, uh, I tell you, I I did um, talk about the safety portion of it. I guess. Um, you know, I've, I've done a kind of a off-the-record survey calling uh, truck enforcement officials throughout the country and, uh, and truck, trucking associations, and I found that um, a lot of the truck enforcement people basically have agreed on the same thing, that they are not funded enough to um, invoke uh, immigration laws. Um, they don't have the facilities for uh, internment. Um, and incarceration and holding uh, while they're waiting for uh, INS agents to, to come and get the drivers. Uh, basically, they've told me off the record that if the trucks are, um, you know, can pass a DOT inspection, the drivers have their paperwork and everything together, um, if they're going to force uh, mandatory electronic uh, onboard recorders on Mexican trucks and Americans pay for it, um, then probably half of them won't even have any type of a system to download, so we really won't even know what their hours of services are or how many hours they've operated, um, that they don't have the funding. And with the cutbacks and everything that the states are doing to their truck enforcement divisions, the federal government isn't going to be able to step in uh, and do enforcement, um, you know, other than on-site. And we all know that... Uh, uh, the fiasco of the first phase that came in about sending people down to Mexico and doing on-sites basically put the uh, people that went down there, their lives in danger, because it's a Mexico is a corrupt money society, and whatever the money it takes to get the permits to come in the United States, they don't want to have to go through a safety audit like a new entry-level carrier. They want to pay you money and get their permit and go on and come across the border and you know, like I, like you and I, Alan, you and I, and Donna have discussed before. Um, we're opening our borders, uh, letting people come into this country, and right now it's one in ten inspection, and they're backed up for as much as you know Good twenty luck with hours. One in ten. Sorry. Yeah. Right. Twenty, I mean, 20 hours okay. on a load of produce on a reefer unit. Hell, we got to be to the New York market from New York in eighteen. Okay, let me, let me jump in here. Caller, thanks for your call. We kind of, uh, I was asking about the superhighway. We're on safety. So let me just say here real quick, uh, now, Eddie Gachui, TripSheetCentral.com, he's, he's one of the people in our chat room. He's saying the superhighway concept was supposed to be canceled back in 2009. That decision was ratified this year in favor of other development plans, so there is no superhighway. So, okay, we'll just wrap that up on the superhighway. Caller, thanks, and uh, we'll, we're on safety here now, so... Uh, on the safety about this NAFTA deal, 
and, and Rich, I still have you up here, but Jamie, that that kind of jogged my memory about a, a TSA report that came out about uh, uh, U.S. trucks. There were like 10,000 hijacked from Mexican criminals last year. The, there's uh, there are those across the internet that are jumping in there saying that this is a bogus report and there's no such thing. What can you tell us about that? Well, you know, apparently they don't have a research department at their disposal like I do at OIDA. So, <laughs> um, actually, I'm standing here in my kitchen with a report in my hands from October of last year from the TSA that it does not say U.S. trucks. It says 10,000 commercial vehicle, commercial trucks were hijacked in Mexico in 2010. And it's okay. very definitive. It is a TSA report. There is nothing about it that can be um, argued against or whatever. But there's some other things in this actual report that are very interesting because there's also cloning going on in Mexico. What and is? that's cloning. Cloning? And this is where, yeah, cloning. Just like, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to clone Dolly the Lamb. Okay, instead of that, I'm going to clone me a Walmart truck. Well, you know, they paint it all white and put all the lettering on just like Walmart and pretend like I'm a Walmart truck. Well, you know, they have, they, have, they have done that before with uh, DOT trucks. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there, there are law enforcement vehicles being cloned. So cloning is a real thing, and it's acknowledged in this report, too. And I'm sorry that people um, want to think this report doesn't exist, it's been fabricated. So uh, just fine-tune your Googling skills, and if you doubt it anymore, contact me. Well, I find it a surprise, Rich, that there's, you know, there are a lot of people out there that just don't take this uh, uh, security border thing serious. I mean, there wasn't too long ago, I mean, I saw pictures where they impounded a, a clone DOT pickup truck, just like the Texas DOT trucks down there, and I I just find it amazing that there's a lot of talk still that you know the security is no big deal. Well, I I know of one situation in 2008 where an American truck was over the border and was hijacked, and the driver's laptop was stolen, and they went on to the laptop and they found out his wife, his name, his family. And, you know, they, they, they put the driver up for ransom to the company. Well, while they had the driver actually being held for ransom, um, the cartel or whoever it was that that uh, hijacked the truck used the ver- that very truck and the documents from the driver to come into the United States and actually head towards the driver's hometown that they were going to capture his uh, and, 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 and capture his family, and when it was all said and done, it had a happy ending. Thank God, somebody got scared, got cold feet. The driver was released. The uh, truck was um, caught in I, I, I believe Oklahoma is where the truck was actually caught, and everything had a happy ending. But that's one case scenario, and how many times is that going to happen? And on the other hand. Let's face it, in, this, in, in our industry today, in, in, in the enforcement segment of it, we have guys out here that are running around that have never had an MC number, have absolutely no authority because of the misnomers of what deregulation was. It didn't really deregulate. It just made it easier to get your, uh, you know, for higher authority. 
that one of these companies coming over here that has authority or doesn't have authority, doesn't matter, because how many times do they actually stop and check the authority of the trucks at the scales? They're more worried about generating revenue based on out-of-service violations. So if they're generating money for their state, they're doing out-of-service violations, how are we going to know if that guy is hauling to the point, then going to reload and return, or he just comes across the border and just starts hauling? I mean, you know, they can go to any broker. Broker doesn't care who the trucker is. All the broker cares whether they got a load covered by 4 o'clock. So there again, we've got, we're going to have trucks in this country running around, and I know for a fact from retiring from a shipper like I did, we had Mexican trucks come into our yard to pick up loads that went through a broker. And, you know, the easiest thing to do, and it's done every day, and, Jamie, you know this, is a blind bill of lading. You can buy a pack of bill of ladings anywhere. You can write on it you're delivering back to Juarez, Mexico, and in reality could be living, delivering in New York City. And then you can make another blind bill of lading. You never had to go back across the border. And that's what I'm saying. This is the kind of things that cross-border has got to worry about, is infiltration of the Mexican trucks in the United States under the safety factor. We know the trucks coming over here are not going to be as up-to-date. They're not going to be as safe. Um, there's no such thing as APUs in Mexico, so we've got idling problems on top of it. And what's going to happen, and, Jamie, you said something earlier that I find amazing, that Crash Pat or uh, Jerry at uh, Advocates for Highway Safety would agree with anything that we ever said. But the fact is that they're even stepping on the bandwagon now and saying, we have, you think we have a problem with our own trucks? We're really going to have a problem with those guys because if they get put out of service, there's nowhere to put them. The trucks are going to be shut down. They're going to fill up the scales. The, the DOT cops aren't going to want to lock these guys up for being illegal aliens. They're not going to have room to do it. So you're opening a floodgate to every possible violation, safety, um, a hauling authority that there is that everybody that's sitting in Washington testifying right now is testifying against. And Ray LaHood, who snuck down to Mexico and went over to Europe and signed European-based transportation agreements, Mexican-based transportation agreements, I personally, and I know that I can say this, where, Jamie, some people, because of who they represent, can't. Ray is setting himself up, because after this administration leaves, Ray's going to be gone. And he's making deals and arrangements for his own future benefit, just like John Hill did, and Sandberg did, Secretary Mineta did. They're all consultants now. And I cannot believe that Ray Hood is doing anything as Secretary of Transportation that isn't self-based preservation of his future, and it has nothing to do with any previous agreements with NAFTA. I will okay. toss in right there. Wait, let me toss in real quick. Ray LaHood is okay. the lone Republican on the presidential cabinet. And I know yeah. that. I still think he's going to hit his – his his time is um, is going to be is, is is limited to this administration. It is completely. And and, I, and you know you know how it works in Washington. And just look at his history of what he's in agreement of and what he's in, you know behind and what he's supporting. I mean even on his own blog site, he won't even acknowledge any trucking issues and hasn't in the last what 
three and a half, four months, it's it's been up. He's yeah. avoiding it. He is going yeah. in every direction but trucking. I hear you. Let you me know, jump in here. It. We got to do distracted driving. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, let me jump in here. I want to get a caller in here. California area code seven six zero. Go ahead, you're on the air. Hi, Alan. This is Desiree. How are you? Oh, hey, Desiree. Hey, Desiree. Hi, I'm calling you from Mexico. I'm actually in Mexico right now, and I tuned into your show, and I want to tell you, because I've been crossing the border myself and going back and forth from the port of Ensenada over the last five months, that a lot of the stuff that I'm hearing is not accurate. Um, the roads are being repaved here. There's a huge project going on right now that is widening repaving the roads um it go i cross the border i cross the border where the trucks are i watch the trucks i see the swift trucks come down here some 70 miles south of the border and pick up freight swift conway i take pictures of them here they're pulled by owner operators i have been looking at this thing on the internet and i don't hear a whole bunch of conversation about it i wonder if jamie jones knows about it it's called porto colonet are you familiar with that jamie no actually i'm not enlighten me okay porto colonet is a natural deep water port off of baja california oh i'm sorry yes i am very much aware of that i'm sorry the name just didn't ring a bell There is a lot of controversy going on with the West Coast ports right now, and this Porto Colonet has got major implications for the transportation industry. It's located in Mexico. It could um, theoretically take quite a lot of port business, which could really upset a lot of things. And I suggest anybody that's listening to this program put in Google Porto Colonet and look up images on your left sidebar, and you're going to see a transportation track from Mexico coming into the United States from this proposed port that could knock out the big ports on the west coast of Long Beach and Los Angeles. This could change everything. And I think more people need to become aware of it. Now, the people that used, that initially wanted to invest in this port was China. And I would like people to understand in the United States, and you start talking about China owning a port 70 miles south in Mexico to the United States, they would have a monopoly on the worldwide ports. And what kind of implications would that have for the United States? So I really think that what is going on is a lot greater than trucking. I think more people need to get a little bit more educated. Absolutely, yes, it does have something to do with the corporations. I'm sitting in a Starbucks right now in Mexico. I shopped at Office Depot today and Walmart. You know, I mean, so the things that I'm hearing, yes, Monsanto, yes, the things that you're saying, we're talking about – but they, you know, what they say down here, the silent invasion, they didn't want Americans investing here, but they kind of don't really have any choice now. And when the Americans come, it's going to eliminate a lot of small business owners, just like it has in the United States. It's about corporations. Absolutely. Well, and I think, actually, I would like to interject here because I think 
you know, in all honesty, Desiree is totally on point because Kanakar was completely against the cross-border trucking, completely, completely against it. And they represent the trucking interest down there. And I am going, I'm sorry, Desiree, I'm going to narrow it back down to trucking. But um, in 2009, there was a huge uprising because the Mexico government was going to remove subsidies and things of this nature from the Mexican trucking environment. There were tax breaks, um, fuel, which is subsidized still to this day, um, was going to be removed. There was a lot of things going to happen there. And Kinnikar was absolutely against this because they did not want to compete against American investment. They did not want to compete against American, you know, finances, any of that. So Kinnikar was adamantly I have documents. I'm sitting here on my living room floor. I've got documents and documents of Kanakar saying, no, we don't want this. And finally, they had their fill as a government who was being bullied by big business. And big business was wanting those subsidies removed because they could withstand it. And Kanakar stood up and said, no, we're not going to do it. And their membership was going to strike. Right before the strike there was a big meeting. Right before the strike, there was a big meeting. And that is when Kanakar completely flipped his position and said, yes, we support the cross-border trucking. Yes, we are all for this. And, in fact, we're so for it, we're going to file a NAFTA lawsuit against the United States. Well, you have and to realize. And that is because they preserved the tax breaks and the subsidies of the Mexican government. Mexico's trying to the government itself is trying to help the businesses. It's the cartels. It's other places that are trying to hinder it. It's U.S. businesses who are trying to capitalize on the Mexican people. So exactly. Kinnikar itself is not the evildoer here. They were a pawn in the game, and what they did is protected the, U- the Mexican trucking environment with the subsidies that have been afforded to them by the Mexican government. And, you know, to go back to what Desiree said, it's not about, it's not, this is not about anything other than global interest. It is not. And that's what has to be understood. And, you know, there are people, you know, I honestly, at one point in my life, I really, my goal was to retire in Mexico because I love Mexico. I love the Mexican people. Everything about them is wonderful except for the cartels and the corruption. And that has gotten so overrun right now that it's so difficult to separate what we love about Mexico from what scares us. Right. Yeah, I totally agree. it's just really... Hold on, Jamie. i got to jump in here real quick. I'll be right back with you, but I totally agree with you because I always tell Donna, boy, I'd love to take you down to Mexico, but... Um, i got to move on here real quick. Desiree, thanks. I appreciate it. We'll take a quick break, and when we return, we'll continue our conversation with our guest, Jamie Jones of Landline Magazine. So check it out at landlinemag.com, and we will be right back in just a few minutes. I'm just trying to make a living, running the road, loving my family from a cell phone. Nobody understands, can't get no helping hand, Lord. The trucking brand. I'm trying to make a living, running the road, loving my 
Hey everyone, thanks for listening to Truth About Trucking Live on Blog Talk Radio. You know, I get a lot of emails from drivers just coming into the industry, and many of them have one goal in mind, and that is to someday have their own rig and become an owner-operator. I started Truth About Trucking and AskTheTrucker.com with one major goal in mind, and that was to provide honest and reliable information about the trucking industry, especially to those just beginning their careers in professional truck driving. Running your own trucking business is part of the entrepreneurial spirit that keeps America moving, and if you're considering starting your own owner-op business, there's only one name you need to know, Lone Mountain Truck Leasing. LoneMountainTruck.com offers the best lease purchase plan in the industry. There's no huge balloon payment at the end, and when you make that final truck payment, they hand over the title. It's that simple. They require a very reasonable down payment, and the monthly payments are kept at an affordable $1,000 per month, and sometimes even less. They have a great inventory to choose from, which includes Peterbilt's, Volvo's, International's, and Freightliners, and all of their trucks are mechanically checked out, dependable, and ready to go. And unlike trucking company leases, if you choose to switch motor carriers, the truck goes with you. It's your truck. Check them out at LoneMountainTruck.com or give them a call toll-free at 866-512-5685. LoneMountainTruck.com, the honest guys with the sweet lease deals. LoneMountainTruck.com. All right, welcome back to Truth About Trucking Live, talking with Jamie Jones, Senior Editor of Landline Magazine, and uh, Rich Wilson of uh, TransProducts.com, regulatory expert. Uh, he's still on the line with us. Jamie, didn't mean to cut you off there real quick. Had to get that break in there. No worries. Did you want to pick up where you were at? Oh, good grief. I can't remember what brand I was on. I mean. <laughs> well, listen, we're run, kind of we're kind of running uh, time gets short here, but um, – well, let's talk about trucking jobs lost. I'll kind of be devil's advocate here. You know, I, I was hearing all across the web and everywhere where, you know, the CSA was going to knock out 300,000 driver jobs as soon as it was implemented. Uh, don't think, you know, don't think that happened. Didn't see that happen anyway. Let's talk about, uh, you know, your view as a journalist uh, or Ida's view, whatever you feel comfortable with about the trucking jobs lost that you see from this NAFTA. I mean, is that um, – is that a something to be really taken seriously, or is it something like the CSA things that we heard? What do you think? What, what's your view as a journalist on that, and what you know uh, there at Landline in Oida? Okay, I will admit on the front end I might be just a little bit outraged in this example, but um, a lot of company drivers in the U.S. make 30 to 40 cents a mile. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's a very real number. The problem is one of the, and I do call them poster children, and I wish we had more time because I would get into this, but um, the poster children companies coming from Mexico, we were talking half that, 15 cents per mile is what they were being paid. If I'm running a company, it's very simple. If I get to pay half the amount of money and get the same amount of work, 
what am I going to do? So protectionism is not a bad thing. I'm sorry. There's just too many people losing their jobs. We have a good thing here. We're not going to give it away. Well, I I want to just say this. You know, it's no secret there's a lot of uh, American trucking companies, um, you know, in Mexico, and technically they're Mexican companies. Um, Obviously, they're hiring Mexican drivers. Uh, With the borders open, um, and this this made me think of this when Rich said, you know, about the the blind bill of ladings and everything – uh, who's to say that the um, the drivers hired in Mexico from um, American companies just can't be running the freight for less money throughout the United States? I mean, it, there's not going to be any longer an American driver picking up freight, you know, at the border and then bringing it uh, wherever it needs to go. Uh, is this something realistic? Uh, you just hire people at half half the uh, half the cost. Can I jump in a second? Yeah, that. Yeah. Um, first of all, I've dealt with Mexican carriers that are already operating in the United States, and there are certain things that American carriers have to deal with in this country that the Mexicans don't. Of course, right now we don't have to deal with the twenty two ninety because we don't even know where to what it's going to be. But highway use tax, uh, fuel tax. Every expense, tax expense that American truckers have, a Mexican carrier, if he doesn't feel like paying it and he comes over the border and he runs and he doesn't file his his, uh, IRPs, he doesn't uh, pay his highway use tax, and something Desiree said that they're subsidized as the Mexican government for fuel tax, they have tax breaks, and the majority of the expense of a modern carrier today is tax base. And... One of the things that causes um, the trucking companies to make less than, you know, so many dollars a mile and are basically operating on a, you know, shoestring basis is the fact that they are overtaxed. Well, if we eliminated that from the American truckers, then the drivers could make 45 and 50 cents a mile and the truckers could operate on a per-mile base that is less than what they currently are because they're not having to pay the taxes. So, obviously, if the Mexican carriers don't have to pay those taxes or avoid uh, any prosecution because they run back across the border, then they can run for a less money. Um, or what happens is once the drivers get over here, what's to say they don't abandon their trucks and go get jobs from somebody else and start driving some other truck for less money, and or they get a call a broker, and the broker gets a Mexican on the phone and says, oh, that load pays $300, Instead of paying an American $600, he puts the money in his pocket. He's going to make more money off the skim, off the top. Plus, the Mexicans are going to be able to haul it cheaper. That, I think, is where it's going to affect direct American drivers, is there's going to be, just like in uh, several other industries, the poultry industry is an example, um, the landscaping industry is an example, where uh, illegal aliens have come over and freely gotten jobs for less money, and I think it's going to happen to the American trucking companies. You know, these officials of these major companies that are represented by other groups other than OIDA, thank God, have a tendency to, you know, they're a profit-based corporation. And bottom line, if they increase that bottom line by cheaper labor, they're going to do it. Okay, and, and you know, 
I think just for clarification, when we talk about Mexican carriers. Oh, you're in my brain, Donna. Go for it. Okay. Um, we, we need to, to to be clear when we speak. Are we speaking about American companies operating in Mexico as a Mexican company? Uh, because I really don't think there's going to be that many uh, Mexican, quote, company uh, carriers driving up into the United States. I think it's mostly going to be American carriers who are in Mexico as Mexican uh, corporations. If I can, two things about that. Um, One, and I would, you know, I I hate to invite myself back on the show, but we need to talk talk about statistical validity. The pilot program is meant to test whether or not a full program can happen. And there's a whole dynamic to that in this Obama administration's plan. It's actually – just a shell game. They're planning yeah. on opening the border, and people don't understand that. And the other thing that I have to say, that I have to go there and say, I mean, the easiest way to discredit anybody, OIDA, um, safety advocates, anybody who is discrediting this, you know, this program, is to say they're racist. And I'm going to put that to rest once and for all. Because all that is is a way to try and discount an argument or intimidate an opponent and, you know, label them. And right. everybody's so scared of that label anymore that that's not what it's about. It's not about race. It's about economics. And let's focus on that. Let's not focus on it because, on race because I swear OOIDA, I, you know, is a very diverse group, age, sex, race. I we have them all, and this well, is sure. absolutely. You know, and what people do is the bottom line to that is when when they when when somebody has no argument, when somebody has no substantial, um, you know, information to provide to whatever you know the 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 subject is, then they will uh, turn to the race card. So that's just a way to get you know out why? of it. You know why? Because it works. It shuts people up. But you know what? Yeah. We have yeah, a valid it, argument. So. Well, yeah. Well, you know, it don't work with me because you know <laughs> I don't I don't see color, and you know, people don't know me, and I don't really care about it. But it's just it's just a childish game that they play like that. But but you know, Secretary Ray LaHood said, and you know, and I'm quoting him here. He said, "The agreement signed today are a win for roadway safety, and they are a win for trade." So um, what do you think about that statement, Jamie? They're a win for big business alone. And I hate to to ask Rich, what's your your opinion on that statement, Rich? That's exactly what I was saying. And, Jamie, I'm so glad you touched on that card because I am so tired of playing at poker and that card getting thrown out. It's like a joker. Um, You know, it seems the corner that everybody wants to go in, and I appreciate you bringing that up. But, yeah, it's corporations. It's Like I said, it's bottom line. It's the almighty dollar. Um, I don't care if that company is an Ameri- got an American familiarized name on the door. If that's a Mexican DOT number, a Mexican, um, I don't even know if they have EIN numbers, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> and that company is based out of, of Mexico. They're getting the same sub- subsidies. 
uh, because they are a Mexican-based company, as the Mexican carriers are. So, like you said, I agree. It's the bottom line. It's the almighty dollar, and it's it's you know Big Brother. It's it's the big corporations oh. taking over the industry. Well, that that's that leads me to the question. I'm not really sure if you answered it, and I missed it. But if you hire drivers um, from Mexico, can you have them run your freight all through the United States at a cheaper rate? In other words, you're an American company. That gets into a visa issue, and you know what? Surprisingly, the government is very dicey about this (laughs) subject. So it would be an H. Oh, my gosh, Rich, help me. H-2B visa? H-2B, yeah. It would be an H-2B. Yeah, it's an H-2B, and you know what? Those are not really hard to get, and the sad part is, and we have actually dealt with um, people who have come to the United States on an H-2B for a motor carrier in Missouri and didn't get hired. It's the same thing like a lease purchase. You don't get hired, and so you're left stranded and have to get home. Well, Try to get home to New Zealand. But there's, there's so, a lot of... Oh, the H2Bs can be bought and sold just like anything else. I, I, I deal with a lot of carriers that are having a hard time filling seats um, simply because we all know we have an aging fleet and a lot of young people aren't coming into our business. And unfortunately, they're replacing and filling those seats with foreign drivers. And I'm going to tell you something. You know, I, I everybody laughs, and they, they call me the 392.11 guy because, you know, I, I always harp on, you know, the rule that says you must be able to speak, you know, English enough to communicate with the general motoring public, you know, fill out forms. And I got guys that, you know, that are driving for carriers that have a hard time speaking English. Um, I don't see a lot of roadside inspect- inspectors pulling that particular rule out of the book and shutting people down for not speaking English. So, you know, as far as that goes, you know, are, are, are they going to start, you know, enforcing that more? Um, I, the H2B thing is so weird because if you try to do it right, it's hard. But if you just come here and drive the truck, nobody checks. So, I mean, you know, why would a guy, well, and, you know. Rich, to add fuel to your fire, um, California has not adopted the English proficiency standard, and Florida is prohibited from enforcing it by a lawsuit. So there right. are two major states straight away that, that that regulation essentially does not exist. Right. But everything so, else has been out of service violation. <laughs> yeah, there you go, and figure out what you're going to do with them later. But I don't know. I mean, as far as the Mexican people, you know, back to the race card, I'm so sick of it. Dry it up, put it to bed. I don't care. That's why oh, I want to be, you know, I would I would absolutely, in my personal life, I would go to Mexico in a heartbeat if I wouldn't scare the cartel. And right. that's who runs yeah. the country. So leave yeah. it alone, put it to bed, I'm done with it. And there's your little shot across the bow. <laughs> yeah, well, you have to be. I mean, you know, it's like I said that they they just use that because they uh, they just don't have any other other thing to do, you know. But uh, Mexico, I mean, I'm always telling Donna, boy, Mexico's such a beautiful country. Love the people, the culture, love everything Desiree about it. There, she loves Ensenada. You know, everybody knows that. So 
you know, it's a beautiful place if you're in the right place. But you know what? That's not reality. So just no, it's alone. Not. It's not, you know. That's go ahead, Rich. reality of it inside of a compound, you know, at a tourist attraction. Right. There you and, go. Well, hey, you know, there's uh, there's been killings even at just outside of tourist attractions in Alcapoco. So even the tourist attractions aren't, uh, they're not even all that safe, in my opinion, anymore. The yeah. U.S. border isn't either. There was a, uh interpreter, a Spanish interpreter, that was kidnapped out of El Paso, and he was just recently killed because his family didn't pay the $10,000 ransom. So, I mean, we're no yeah. more immune on the U.S. side either. And it's just, let's be realistic and quit kowtowing to big business and race cards and just be honest with what's going on. Yeah, you know, my my, my biggest problem with this uh, cross-border trucking and you know, I I don't know if it's really the jobs. You know, I just I I just have to admit I just don't know. You know, I don't know if it's going to really kill that many jobs. Uh, my biggest thing is just a safety issue because if people think that these criminals are stupid, uh, boy, they're missing the boat because these people are highly intelligent and they know what they're doing. And I, I just see that it's a it's just going to be a great way to open up the border for more problems. They already have fast guards. Sorry, they already have FAST and TPAT and all that good stuff. They, they're they certified expediters on the border. Yeah. I mean, it's not is. just drugs. It's it's human trafficking. It's uh, it's it's guns. It's it's everything. The, the compartments being created in the trucks uh, to, to hide cash flowing back into Mexico from the United States. Um, I mean, it, it's just... It's just going to be a, a, a the way I see it a field day. Um, I do see the jobs uh, as an issue because what's what's going to happen? Take a look at the driver pay now. Um, it, it hasn't gone up in how many years? Ten years? It's still <laughs> hasn't gone up in thirty years. I don't think. Okay, I mean, it's thirty years, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a it's it's a long time, and now you have people who will work for less. Uh, so what's that going to do to uh, a driver's pay? And the cost of living continues to go up, and the regulations uh, continue to be in- in- increased. Uh, the responsibilities are increased, and, uh, you know, it's just taken over by a lot of electronic uh, technology uh, to to just get somebody in the seat and to uh, control so it's really kind of sad. Yeah, I do see um, not just jobs lost, but a but a, a decrease in in wages. Yeah, I could be wrong. You could be right. I just kind of base it on the CSA thing, and you know, I, I just don't know. Uh, uh, I, I mean, I hope oh, not. Oh, but... we can go back to safe stat results and talk about past motor carriers, but we won't do that. We're going to get you back on the show, Jamie. How's that? Sounds good. I'm no, sorry. Okay. My dog was barking. I ran outside. Now my neighbor's mowing. I can't escape. Hey, Jamie. <laughs> okay. Jamie? Yes. 
Yes, sir. Uh, there's one thing I one thing I wanted to, I wanted to, to to say. You brought up a very good point. This is a test program, and test programs are designed as an algorithm to get information and data together. Um, and they have a tendency in test programs to can be a little bit biased because if they only let in the very best and they run everything on a um, uh, up and up um, cauldron, then what happens is. The uh, that proves that all the soothsayers that are against it are wrong. They get what they want, and then I think down the road, I don't think it's going to happen in the next six months or a year, but what's going to happen is two, three, five years down the road, once they get all this information, and I'm not saying that the DOT and the FMCSA manipulate data, as we all know, they don't do that, um, oh, no, never. <laughs> no, no, But all no, of a no, sudden, no. this that is going to come in and, oh, we let in. Yeah, we let in 150,000 people, and they all went back home like they were supposed to or whatever over a five-year period. Everything went fine, and then as everything else goes, they're going to start rolling in, and there are more of them are going to come. It's going to be easier for them to get here. And bottom line, that's when it's going to affect our industry the most. It's not going to be in the next six months. So we have to stop it in its earliest form or at least make it so it's true information and data being collected on these cross-border trucks. So when they present it, they can say yay or nay based on data and not on speculation. Well, and right. here's the thing. I mean, it's like I, I made the crack, lies, damn lies, and statistics. You know, I – that's a whole other subject, and I would be thrilled to talk about it. Um, but honestly, it's just that's something that we have to delve into because everybody's going, why are you worried? Why do you care? It's just there's just a handful of motor carriers. You know what? Let me just leave you with this thought. It's called mm-hmm. a dog and pony show. It was okay. made famous okay. by the circus you know, environment in the United States. I'm sorry. You just throw out the little tidbit that makes you want more, and then it's disappointing. Hello. It's called a dog and pony show. It doesn't right. stand up. Right. Well, I hear, well, one thing for sure, oh, I does not finish with this. So I'll, uh, we'll see how it plays well, out. I'm not speaking on behalf, but I assure you right. from what I hear, and I'll give you a little tidbit. No, they're not. <laughs> oh, right, right. I understand. You're here and, and appreciate you being here. Time is just about up. Thanks again for coming on the program. I really appreciate it. Hey, not a problem, Alan. Thank you again for the invitation. And everyone can check out Landline Magazine at landlinemag.com. Any other websites you'd like to give out, Jamie? Oh, you know what? Always go to oida.com, sign up for those calls to action. Oh, yeah, those are good. Okay, that sounds good. LandlineMag.com for Landline Magazine, OIDA.com for OIDA. Check out everything that they have to offer for drivers. Been doing it for 38 years. Uh, Jamie, appreciate it again, and um, we will get you back here on the show. And, Rich, thank you for joining with your expertise. And, Donna, just a few minutes left. Uh, You know, it's going to be interesting to see where this bill, H.R. 2407, leads us, though, don't you think? Yeah, well, I, I think I think more people have to be aware of it. I'm, I'm not sure if they if they really are. Um, I, I know. I mean, it was like the next day 
that Congressman DeFazio was on this, and he's also um, has that bill HR 756 uh, to regulate um, detention pay for um, for uh, drivers. So he's he's pretty much a, a driver advocate. Um, I'd love to get him on the show if we could. I know we've had Congressman Tonko on, and um, uh, that's probably something we need to. Yeah, well, we can work on it. Yeah, we'll look into that because uh, he, he definitely is for the driver. Um, well, this bill twenty four oh seven. I mean, it's pretty plain, plain spoken here. I mean, uh, quoting here from the. Uh, from the paperwork here from the 112th Congress first session, H.R. 2407, it says it's, it is to protect the safety of America's roads by limiting the operation of motor carriers domiciled in Mexico beyond municipalities and commercial zones on the United States-Mexico border to a pilot program. So that's pretty straightforward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, we probably, you know, you might want to do a post on that one just to, to get it out there a little more. Um, I don't hear much about it. I don't hear drivers speaking about it, so I think it's probably something, you know, we need to talk about. I just wanted to bring up another thing about the safety. Um, uh, something was brought up about, well, you know, Mexican drivers, they're safe and this and that. Well, here's the deal. A, a lot of the, um, a lot of the uh, accidents, fatal crashes, and everything that is measured, they're measured within the 25 50-mile radius at the border. Right. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen uh, once uh, drivers, you know, just start running the roads throughout the United States because there's no statistics really on it. Um, well, there are, but, you know, there's not that many uh, right. people doing that, the people that are grandfathered in and so forth. But, you know, to, to make that kind of claim uh, that, well, you know, there's, there's, they've been driving here, you know, for, for years. Well, yeah, but it's only been a few miles. Right. And I think that's why the, the, the safety advocates have uh, jumped on this bandwagon, because I think they realize that. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a 50-mile radius, and when they hit our interstates at 70-mile-hour plus, uh, so that, that can be an issue there. We'll see how it plays out, and... Uh, uh, well, let's try to get Congressman uh, DePazio on the program. Yeah, yeah, we'll work on it. Okay. Be a good show. All right, sounds good. Uh, thanks again to Jamie Jones of Landline Magazine, the official publication of OIDA, for being on the show. Check it out at landlinemag.com. And special thanks to Rich Wilson, a, regula a regulatory expert. Uh, he, he hung with us tonight, and you can catch him at transproducts.com. And uh, all the callers on the line, appreciate you listening. Those in the uh, the uh, chat room, thanks for joining us. And uh, check out www.americantruckdrivers.com and get your ticket. Yeah, and keep, keep up with our show schedule at blogtalkradio.com/slash/truthabouttrucking. And uh, join us at the first annual Truck Driver Social Media Convention on October fifteenth, two thousand eleven. You can also check it out at truckingsocialmedia.com. So for Truth About Trucking Live and Donna Smith, my uh, sidekick, yeah. I'm Alan Smith. We'll catch you next time. Drive safe, and thanks for listening. I pulled up to Rose's truck stop Outside of San Antonio 
Thought I stepped out of my cab into the twilight zone Truckers all around me looked at me and stared I even saw one cross himself and say a little prayer Waitress grabbed my arm and whispered, what you having dear? I just whispered back to her, what's going on in here? Somebody yelled, a woman screamed, someone fired a gun. Skinny cook hollered, Big John's coming, save yourself and run. Don't hesitate, contemplate, save yourself and don't slow down. Don't grab your stuff, ain't time enough. Big John's coming to town. Big John's coming to town. Down the street Couldn't believe my eyes A wild man in a Peterbilt A cougar by his side Snacks were blowing flames When he locked those air brakes down Big Cat followed him inside Just like he was a hound Man gave me the evil eye Shuffled by me like a bear Grabbed six cans of Red Bull and downed them with a stare. Drank hot coffee from the pot, never blinked an eye. Right there on that spot that day, I thought I would die. Don't hesitate or contemplate, save yourself and don't slow down. Don't grab your stuff, ain't time enough. Big John's coming to town. Big John's coming to town. Tossed a three-pound steak into a frying pan Turned it once and turned it twice Grabbed it with his hand Ate it all with habaneros Finished it with a belt Flames flashed from his smoking lips Breath as hot as hell Then he turned and looked me in the eye With a crooked grin Right there on that spot that day I thought it was my end Big man said, do you know me? i never seen you around Stranger, we both better get out Big John's coming to town Don't hesitate or contemplate Save yourself and don't slow down Don't grab yourself, ain't time enough Big John's coming to 